0: now listening to the enter VR podcast. I'm Chris Rand, your host and oh man, I'm so excited for today's conversation. I have Ella Darling on the podcast. She is a VR porn pioneer and adult film performer and the marketing director at Vro Club. Um, and Ella, thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Thank you so much for having me. It's nice to be back.
0: Oh man um, so I so much anxiety, so much expectation I uh, I'm so excited to have you on the show. Man, Ella, um, tell me about, before we get started on Vero Club, uh, tell me a bit about yourself. Tell me a bit about how you got started in VR. Uh, Yeah, just give me the quick rundown for all all those people who are uninitiated.
1: Sure. So I have been in VR for about five and a half years now um before my foray into virtual reality I was an adult film performer for about four and a half years so I've been working at the intersection of the adult industry and virtual reality you know for five and a half years now um my first steps were uh, I met somebody off of reddit who wanted to shoot vr porn and I wanted to be in vr porn so it seemed like a good match and that first shoot ended up becoming a very long uh, long-term business partnership. So we made some of the first ever VR porn. Um, I can personally attest I made some of the worst VR porn along the way, uh, but I learned from it. We made um, like a, a game where it's sort of a behavioral learning like structure where you're on a date with me and you know we talk and if you say something too you know salacious too soon then I'm just like "Mm, you know what I gotta go but if you're nice to me and you build up a rapport then it gets sexy and then we made the first ever live vr uh webcam platform so I'm the world's first vr cam girl um I've worked for VR porn, I've helped produce VR porn, Um, I've worked in cams, I've worked in hardware uh, on an adult VR headset. And yeah, just kind of, if it's pornographic and virtual reality, I've probably had something to do with it.
0: Well, kind of. Oh my god, that is so awesome. That is so amazing. Um, And yeah, I can't begin to figure out where to start in terms of like, you know, picking out all the things you've learned along the way. Like, maybe let's start with this. Let's start a more generalized level. Like, what are the top three things you've learned so far being in this industry in the last five and a half years? If if three things can be said.
1: Oh, man. Okay, let's see. Um, The people who talk about VR being a fad or it failing or it being, you know, any other curmudgeonly dismissive comment are usually wrong and will usually come around eventually and eventually jump on board with VR. So that's one. Another one is a big one is, um, whatever you're doing in VR, if you come into it with the mindset of the, whatever stuff you were doing before it was VR, you're going to have to relearn a lot of things and if you don't start relearning it immediately you're going to make some really not great stuff until you you know learn how to take advantage of the medium and all it has to offer because again i made some of the most under porn because i was coming at it from a 2d perspective instead of you know appreciating the vr medium and a third thing um man i guess uh challenge your loyalties, you know? I, there are certain VR companies that I have just thought, you know, the world of, and then eventually over time it's like, eh, you know what, you're not holding true to the values that I originally loved you for. So, onwards and upwards.
0: I, I'm going to write that down, circle it and come back to it because I like <laughs> what you're saying here. It's it's resonating with, it resonates, it resonates with me. Um, Challenge your loyalties. I'm going to circle that and come back to it. But before I come back to that, my question um, that I want to sort of set is, sort of the set piece is, tell me about the state of the VR adult film industry. So so, um, a market within the market. What what did it look like five, four years ago when I had you on the show? And and perhaps you can give me a perspective of what it looks like now and what's changed.
1: So... In the past four years since we first spoke, um, it's absolutely grown and flourished. There are new, you know, distribution platforms. There are so many new production companies. Uh, There are so many, uh, like, auxiliary devices, haptic and teledildonic devices that have been created, you know, with VR in mind that really elevate the experience just to a whole new level. Um, There... there are new platforms and new new experiences. For example, Vero Club um, didn't exist four years ago, and I don't think anything like it did. Um, and that's something that has really renewed my excitement about the adult VR space because there are so many new opportunities, and we'll definitely discuss Vero Club. I don't want to, you know, shill, but it is something that I'm really excited about. Um, there are a lot of... Uh, a lot of VR adult content companies that are gaining recognition both in the press and, you know, within the industry. Um, both the AVN Awards and the Expos Awards have specific VR categories now, which is really cool. Um, and and yeah, I think just in general, the adult industry has really started to recognize and realize that VR is a very important space to be in. Versus, you know, four years ago when I would talk about it, people would laugh it off and, you know, give me shit for it. And now they're coming to me for advice about how to do this stuff. So that's cool.
0: Um, a little birdie told me that the highest, most viewed, more most used app for the Oculus Quest um, is v Saber. So that we know that. But the second one, the most used app on the Oculus Quest, the hottest selling VR device from oculus um is the browser it's the vr browser mm-hmm. and why would that be because Probably. they're all looking at porn we're all looking at porn that's what we're all doing they're using the oculus quest In within 30 seconds you have limitless vr porn that obviously facebook is tracking <laughs> but yeah.
1: For sure, for sure, they definitely are. But
0: if you're willing to sell your soul, I mean your dick to the devil, then you have limitless VR porn. Um, and, and and it goes to show in the, it goes to show in their metrics that that people are taking advantage of that. And, and so and so yeah, I am with you. It's the it's getting better, it's getting bigger, and it's no longer a meme. Where whereas it used to be something people used to, I mean people still make fun of you. And they'll make fun of you, like, oh, you're, they're gonna catch you masturbating in VR, ha ha ha. But then that joke runs out, and then you're actually masturbating with a VR headset on, and you're like, this is fucking amazing. What are you, you're all missing out on? Fuck real life, literally. <laughs> so, so, yeah. It, have you changed? Have you noticed that perspective, or are you still chal- dealing with that challenge of people laughing off VR porn as just something like a meme or a joke, or?
1: Oh, I mean, definitely. But here's the thing about that. I think that people make jokes about it to make themselves feel more comfortable in the situation. (laughs) A lot of people, you know, talking about that kind of content at all is, it's just uncomfortable. And, you know, they are in a position where in some cases, talking about it at all could be dangerous, like, for their jobs. And for me, Porn is my job. It is not an uncomfortable conversation. It's, you know, my my social circle and my livelihood and and everything. So I think that jokes like that, you know, I try not to take it to heart because people, you know, use humor to cope with discomfort. But also, I think people thought that saying, oh, people are going to use this for porn. haha Thought that they were being clever and not just completely like no shit obvious and now you know of course any new technology like any new technology if you can find a way to fuck with it or let people watch you fuck with it that is going to happen with it so it's not a surprise
0: and and honestly it's it's really the whenever i come across someone who's skeptical about vr um and i've i come across uh, uh, many 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 um that, that i 99% of the time that I bring up... Whoa, by the way, did I mention that you can experience VR porn in, it, in this thing? It's, not, it's unlike anything I could describe with my words. And most of the time, they're like, oh, shit. Okay, I didn't even think of that. It, it's like, it's something so primal, so instinctual. Sex is so universal here. And it's the reason why I'm so gung-ho about the fact that it's going to be a big deal. It's just it feels like early days still or or would you agree with that like does it still feel like we're in this early you know sort of nesting period where like things still got to be figured out like and i wonder for how long what do you think about, about that
1: well i do think that we're in the early days because i think that vr is going to be you know bigger and bigger and bigger every year i think you know, headset adoption is going to continue to increase. And so what we have right now, while, I do think the industry is is big, and there's a lot of opportunity for success, and there's so much cool stuff. and it's it's an incredible world. It's still just the beginning. Yeah. Uh, and I don't say that to criticize the state of the industry right now, but rather to you know, applaud the the progress so far because I think we've got so much farther that we're going to go together. and um and yeah, so it is early days. But for early days, I think we're doing pretty, pretty damn good.
0: That's good to hear. I, and so, just to follow up on that, what are what are the biggest challenges you see at this point that you're having to tackle?
1: Um, with regards to what in particular?
0: I guess in, with regards to the general growth of the VR porn industry, and I guess. Mm, let's might as well start segueing into Vero. Um, yeah. because yeah, it's, that sort of makes sense. I, I guess I guess yeah, before we answer that question, let's talk about Vero because I think that would be appropriate. Tell me about Vero.
1: <laughs> so Vero Club is an app. It's a it's a virtual app online adult play space where you can explore your desires, explore aspects of yourself, maybe discover new things about your sexuality or new things you're into, uh, safely, you know, examine things that are desirable to you. And in general, just sort of have a a really fun time. Um, It's sex positive, it's judgment free. And the big focus is, you know, uh, creating a space where people feel safe to you know, to to get to know themselves better and eventually to get to know other people. Right now, we don't have social interaction built in, but that's our big goal. We want to create a social space as well where there are different levels of social interaction from, you know, one area where you're just talking and that's it, uh, to other areas where with consent, you can, you know, physically engage with somebody else, especially utilizing your know, haptic and telephonic devices in a social space, you could, you know, interact with, a partner's device and, and have a, you know, a tangible connection with that person. Right now it's still early days, but, um, I'm, I'm really impressed with it, which is why I decided to work with them because they've got several experiences in the app. It's all CGI. So they use really, um, really high end mocap and finger tracking and, um, you can, you know, customize certain aspects of each experience, whether it's, you know, changing, uh, aspects of how your partner looks or, or what have you. And it supports over 45 different haptic devices with ever more on the way. Um, I didn't even know there were over 45 devices until I started getting to know Vera a little bit more. And, um, and yeah, it's just, it's a really cool space. They're really exciting experiences. Um, I've worked in porn for over 10 years now and, I've watched a lot of porn and it's always been very like, I don't know, dry, not the content, but my experience is like, okay, this is job. This is my job. This is work. Uh, that's my friend. I'm going to edit my friend or, or whatever. Um, but when I watch the experiences in Bureau club, while I go into it with the mindset of like, okay, I need to, you know, I need to take a look at this so I can know how to promote it and how to talk about it. I need to be able to, you know, refer to different, you know, acts, that happen in it. I find myself getting a little more engrossed in those experiences than I professionally set out to. Anyway, I think it's really fucking sexy. Basically, well, why?
0: What, what is it though? Tell me about that. Tell me. Tell me. Tell me what is the? I mean, I guess I'm just sort of curious where, wherein you know, in the in meat space and in real world, editing your your real friends felt more professional whereas these animations the CGI feels yeah I'm curious what is it what is that what what's that itch that it's scratching for you I'm curious I
1: think it I think it's doing for me what a lot of traditional porn does for other people that that kind of porn just like I have a mental block when I watch you know traditional porn even some VR porn that is live action um my brain shifts into you know production mode like uh I know these performers personally. I hang out with them. I've had sex with them. I've, you know, had coffee with them when we were, you know, hung over in the morning and in Vegas or whatever. Like, there's that personal connection that makes it so, I the fantasy isn't really accessible so much. And even if I don't know the performers, I'm still seeing it through the lens of, you know, the hundreds or possibly over a thousand different sets that I've been on just shooting. So I don't watch it, the way that I would watch, like, a TV show, because I don't work in TV. But when I watch, you know, traditional porn, I just think, like, okay, uh, yep, I can see that this shot happened after this one, and this is where they cut to take the photos, and this is where they did that. It's just, mm-hmm. I get into, like, the work routine, and it's hard to break out of that. So porn has never really been something that I engage with because I just get into shot mode. Um, <laughs> but I've never... But I've never been a CGI character. Well, not personally. Not from a first-person perspective. I've never, you know, when I watch these scenes, it doesn't remind me of being at work or being on set. It's just a really beautiful story that I get to engage with. And and I think that's why it was really exciting to me and really exciting to me to be able to work with them, you know, behind the scenes.
0: I'm, I'm curious about, the, I have this question. I'm, I'm This is why I sort of asked the, uh, the question about sort of the challenges facing... I guess Viru um, and yourself in the industry, growing the industry, because um, I guess what I'm what I was trying to figure out is like, was Viru created in a vacuum out of out of the minds and hearts of this very talented group of people, or was it created as a, a reaction to the state of the industry, as a, as a way to provide something that isn't around? Um, because although there's components out there. Um, of what Vero is, there isn't one. There, there's not one thing that is that that Vero is basically pulling off. Is especially when you guys launch the social part of the whole thing. I mean, that is going to be very uh, futuristic. <laughs> that's all I think about. It's going to be the future.
1: <laughs> I, I agree. That's why. That's why I was excited to, to work with these guys. And I would say, you know, I wasn't there when it was founded. Um, I'm a relatively new, uh, team member, so I can't speak to that explicitly, but if I had to guess, I would say it was probably a mixture of things. It was probably, you know, somewhat a reaction to the content that's already out there. Um, a lot of it is, is really good. Some of it is not that good. Uh, and much of it is sort of created with this kind of traditional porn template of, uh, being more taboo or more like aggressively, like not aggressively sexual, it's porn, of course it's sexual, but like, um, I guess less authentic and less, you know, personally engaging. Um, there's certainly some great content that is video for VR that is like that. But I think the goal was to create a space that combines sex positivity, um, respect, uh, privacy, um, removing judgment from the equation and just creating a space where you're safe to explore aspects of yourself. And eventually once we implement it, get to know other people who are like-minded and, and, you know, connect with those people. Um, I see it as sort of the next step because with the advent of, you know, specifically social media on the internet, but in some ways, just the internet in general, um, We saw that people who have niche interests were able to connect with other people who are interested in that same thing without geography being a limiting factor, because you can just connect online. And it doesn't matter if I'm in California and you're in, I don't know, Toronto, let's say, if we're both super into, you know, girls wearing stockings and playing with their feet, we can connect over that versus trying to find someone who might be into that, you know, in the limited space that I live. So I see this as the next step in that it is allowing people that same sort of connection based on mutual interests, but in a VR space that is catered to, you know, adult and that is built with sex positivity and, um, you know, creating a culture of, of support and uh, and consent altogether. Does that make sense?
0: Yes, it does. And I guess I want I want to go deeper here. Um, w- can you help me envi- paint a picture in my mind of the top three types of people who would benefit from using Vero weekly, daily? You know, who, who are those three people? Those three types of people. That- um.
1: I mean, I think that a lot of people can really benefit from it, but mm-hmm. I would say um, I'm just going to list some personas that I have on my mind, not necessarily the top three, but um, somebody who is interested in exploring a fetish that they haven't had the chance to explore in real life, or you know, maybe it's not really what their partner is into, and their partner is like, hey, look, it's not for me, but you go have fun you know, in your headset or whatever. So somebody who has an interest that... They haven't taken the leap to try out in person and they want to sort of dip their toes and, and see what it's like in a in a safe space. Um, another persona could be somebody who, you know, they just don't have access to romantic or sexual relationships, whether it's because of mobility or, um, you know, anxiety or their schedules don't allow for it or any number of reasons why somebody just they don't have the opportunity to to. Cult, uh, to cultivate relationships like that this could be a really great space for them to enter into and you know maybe meet somebody else or maybe just enjoy some of the um the solo or you know independent experiences where they can you know play around in spaces that are familiar to them maybe try something new maybe explore something that they didn't even realize they were into but now they do um something like that um and then a third persona i think uh you know, just somebody who wants to share the space with, with a partner or, or, you know, make new partners that they can share experiences with in the app without being limited to, you know, somebody in their proximity.
0: How does the integration of the social aspect with the, you know, the, the single experiences, how does that, how does that, how would that become a unified experience in the long run?
1: Well, there are a lot of ways to do that. Um, With the experiences that we offer now, you know, people could talk to each other and agree that they wanna hang out and maybe share the experience. So they watch it together, Um, being able to talk to each other and engage in the experience at the same time. Um, Eventually, I think we'd like to put in uh, some, you know, live action VR porn video content that people can rent or, or pay to access and, you know, they can share those experiences with another person. So one way, I guess, would be to sort of uh, passively watch something with a partner or with a few partners. Another way would be, um, you know, in the social spaces, we're, we're planning on having different levels of social, uh, social engagement areas um, that are connected by an elevator so in the most extreme version if I am uh if I'm in that space I've already indicated that I'm interested and open to you know a more um involved encounter with another person so I could find somebody and ask if they want to hang out and get a private room and we could talk to each other and stimulate each other sexually through the auxiliary haptic or teledildonic devices that we are both using, um, and we could do that in you know a private room that you know maybe I'm I've been a member for a long time and I've really tricked out my my personal space. So when you come into my space, you see you know a room that really reflects my personality, and that helps me share more of myself with that person. Um, or it could just be you know, hey, I kind of want to get off. Do you kind of want to get off too? Sweet, let's go do that then. You know, stuff like that. It could be something that's just a quick one and done. Let me see if I like this kind of thing. It could also be somewhere that you are establishing a new network of uh, of contacts and friends and partners and and what have you.
0: And so I I like that because I was trying to envision earlier what it would look like for myself as a user coming in my first day into the app. And in in the back end of my mind, I'll just think about Burning Man orgy dorm or orgy dome. But I like how you guys have segmented it in terms of like, hey, there's there's going to be the orgy dome in the top floor, extreme floor. And you got like, you know, lower level, lower, lower tiers wherein. because one of the things, honestly, one of the things that I feel is missing is a space for people who are adults to just hang out as well. So like I would definitely love hang out in the in like the more you know chill rooms where it's not like ultra sexual just to hang out with other adults you know because there's so many fucking kids in social VR these days yeah. that it's like I need a break I you know like you need to I need to escape from that in the metaverse so I, I like that great, too great.
1: <laughs> um, that has really been a huge factor in driving me away from a lot of social VR it's just there are so many young people and man I just Sometimes I just don't want to deal with it, and sometimes if I'm, you know, if I just want to go and like have a nice social VR experience, not even at all attached to to adult or porn or or sex at all, just going into an experience and having a bunch of twelve year olds there, it makes me feel like a predator. You know, I just feel. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a little and,
0: weird. <laughs>
1: yeah, but I agree. I mean, one of the floors is going to be, you know, very. uh, uh, very casual and not sexually driven. There's not going to be, you know, the opportunity in that particular space to, uh, to engage in ways that you will in, in other areas. So it's sort of a safe space to kind of just see what's going on and not worry about, you know, what kind of boundaries you need to set because the, the app will help you set those boundaries based on the area that you're in to ensure that the place is going to be something comfortable for you and what you're ready for right now.
0: This is uncharted territory, I think, um, because I don't feel like there has been a time where an app was created for virtual reality that was explicitly for, you know, in, that had this basis of like, yeah, the, these these experiences, animations you can experience with other people in your, or by yourself, but also these social spaces where. And you can connect with other people via telodonics in VR. That is, that's that's uncharted territory. And so I'm curious to know what sort of challenges are you expected to be dealing with and sort of, and how do you, and how are you already planning to address them? Like, uh, for example, toxic behavior. Um, Or, uh, let's start with that. But there's gonna be there's gonna be a few things I think a couple things more
1: <laughs> definitely um, and believe you me I've had my share of toxic behavior in social VR um, mm-hmm. so first and foremost people will have complete control over who gets to interact with them to what degree they get to interact with them if someone is causing a problem you can very easily uh, remove them from your, your experience and they will not, you can't see them. You can't talk to them. There's a complete, like they've disappeared from your life. They are gone. Goodbye. Um, so that for sure. Um, I think community moderation is going to be very important. It's something that I'm very interested in. Um, and, and sort of crafting a a system where, uh, if you are, if you connect with people and you have a nice network of people that you already like and, and enjoy being around, um, you can make it so that those are the only people that you are really interacting with, um, or maybe, you know, one level removed. So just my friends and then friends of theirs, or, uh, if there's someone who, who has gained your trust and they invite you into a different social experience, then, you know, there's that sort of, um, social proof that is introduced. So you're talking to people, that you trust to introduce you to other people who you can trust. Um, But yeah, I would say the biggest thing is giving users the tools to control their experience and control how other people can interact with them, creating physical boundaries um, that are either global or with uh, specific people. So, you know, maybe this person over here, like, I don't necessarily want to block them, but I also just don't really want them in my space. So I can activate a, a physical bubble barrier for individuals let's say I think that could be a really really good tool
0: yeah I feel like there has been a lot of tools invented over time by the earlier social VR apps that uh, will be will come will become useful to for you guys as well so so that's uh that that's something that I think and so what about community policing in terms of like how do you, how will you prevent minors from coming in how do you prevent um, yeah, I guess we'll start with that because that—that's the one thing I would like hate to see. Like, I don't want to see a fucking kid in there. So how would you? How do you? You know, especially with these—they—they—they they make fake accounts. Like, you know, how? How? You know, tell me a bit about what your thoughts—your thoughts lie on that, on that issue.
1: So there are a lot of age verification uh, tools, softwares, and, and even companies in the adult space that once it gets to the point of you know, opening up socially, I think we're gonna really, uh, explore pretty deeply. Um, and then everybody knows how to click a box that says, yes, I'm over 18. But I think that there are other barriers that we've kind of lost on the internet, um, (coughs) with, you know, with tube sites where it, there's, there's no barrier between, (laughs) there's no barrier between, you know, whoever that end user is and the content. Um, Whereas previously, before tube sites and streaming sites were around, one of those barriers was credit card authorization. So I think, um, and I, I don't know exactly how we plan to to move forward in the social space with regards to that. But I think if you have to pay in at least a little bit, and there's a credit card on file that you know you have to verify before moving into, I think that might be a step. But ultimately. There are whole companies that focus on, you know, age verification and ensuring that young people don't access content that isn't a good space for them. So that's going to be something I think we'll look into.
0: I Well, I believe you believe you, and that I know you you guys will do your best. Um, and, uh, yeah, for sure. It's a tough, 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 tough nut to crack because, yeah, they're they, um, – but – Yeah, you do do what you can. I I guess my next question. Oh, go
1: ahead. Go ahead. Also, um, I think community reporting in that regard is going to be very important, very strong. So if you know if somebody is flagged as being you know somebody who has done the workarounds to get into a place that is not a a good space for them, I think having like a triggering point where at some point if somebody has been reported in a certain a certain number of times or in a certain way, then it would. Trigger like an account review to ensure that that person is, you know, the kind of person that belongs in the space.
0: The other question I had uh, was regarding uh, privacy. Um, I'm sure that is something that is a top priority to your team. And I guess I just wanted to hear your thoughts on, you know, what does privacy on the platform look like going forward?
1: So when you create an account, the only information that we ask. From you is a username a password and an email address so that you can recover your account or you can access your account between the the steam version and the standalone version which you can get through our website Um, we make an effort to collect as little information as possible and i don't see us ever sharing that information or uh, certainly ever selling that information or using that information in any way other than Improving the app completely removed from any individual. Um, Privacy is very, very important to me Um, as an adult film performer, as a sex worker. When that's violated, I mean, you could put lives in danger, you know? So that is something that has been paramount to the team from the beginning and ensuring that the information collected is only collected for absolute necessity and not for the sake of, you know, Um, just collecting as much data as we can to build profiles on people. I'm more interested in the sort of things in the app that people enjoy and engage with the most. Um, And I want as little information to be volunteered from people as possible.
0: Yeah, that's, uh, I'm glad you've mentioned that because I, I've personally been doxxed. You know, I've been, you know, something that a live stream I, I went on and then somehow uh, I get a text to my phone number, my personal cell that isn't publicly available. And I'm like, what the fuck? How did you get my number? So so definitely something that is worth um, investing time and resources into this.
1: I'm so sorry that happened to you. That's really, really scary. And Yeah,
0: it's weird. You feel a little vulnerable, you know?
1: Yeah, I had um, a couple years ago, somebody called my mom at work, at her work, to like out me to her. And my mom is a champ. She was like, I'm sorry, sir. Why are you talking about that? Is that something, is is pornography something that you're very, very invested in? Because I don't know why you would call a a strange random woman just to talk about something like that. And the guy backed off immediately. Like, no, of course, that's not my thing. I just wanted to let you know. And she's like, bitch, please. (laughs) Between (laughs) a mother and her daughter.
0: Yeah, trying to control people. What's wrong with people, I swear.
1: Yeah, but Uh, no... I share your concerns. Um, The last thing I would ever want is to violate anybody's privacy or trust, especially in a a space like this. I think uh, establishing trust and and ensuring privacy is key to not just the the success of the app, but to the, uh, the needs of the community
0: moving on to a more I guess a, a, a more business y question um, how do you guys plan to make money
1: um, we have a few different revenue streams so the um, the experiences in the app uh, we started charging for those uh, it's a pretty small amount just to kind of see you know what people enjoy the most to be able to sort of gauge like where are people willing to spend money on you know which uh, which experiences um, are the most popular and most exciting for people. So we can kind of get a sense of where to take things going forward. We also have a Patreon. We're running an Indiegogo right now. Um, I'll be honest, it's not doing so hot, um, but it's not our, our sole focus. It to some degree was a way of sort of spreading the word, but man, there've been some roadblocks there. Um, but yeah, we ever, since we started monetizing the experiences, it's, uh, it's been really, really positive. It's been a really great, um, great experience. I mean, I, I can't share numbers or anything like that, but when I was given the numbers, I was very pleasantly surprised. So, um, I think because we're creating something that is a bit unique and that is very, very high quality and that, uh, fulfills a lot of things that, you can find individually in other places, but not really all in the same place the way that we do. Um, I think that that is a strong step to, you know, to making money, just making a good product. And and that's kind of what we, we do.
0: And so you would say that you, uh, oh, you allow yourselves uh, a good amount of community feedback to guide you in terms of what Next, what are the next experiences, right? And so I, I guess my follow-up question is, um, what if the community is a bunch of fucking degenerates? What if what if they want something that is that is a little too taboo? And, and, and the question is, is like, where do you draw the line between what is too taboo and what is not, you know, if the community really wants it, I guess is sort of, and that is, that is a, you know, I guess that's what I'm curious to know. Uh-
1: I would say that we're um, we're very engaged with the community. We appreciate the community and we respect the community, but we're not slaves to the community. Um, and one of the things that I really love about, you know, the team that I'm working with is that they're incredibly conscious of uh, ensuring that what you're doing is comfortable for you. So, you know, there have been times where they simply won't ask something of me because they don't want to step on my toes and I'm like no 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 please please ask yes I will do this when it comes to you know taboo content that that spans a lot of different topics and and themes but there are certain things that we absolutely have no interest in in going anywhere near you know absolutely nothing involving children or depictions of children or you know a few degrees away from that like there's no that's like a there's a zone, there's a line of demarcation around that that is just absolute, absolutely never. Um, and And, yeah, I mean, I think that if the community wants something that is not something that we as a team feel comfortable creating, then that's fine, but this just isn't the place to get that. We are going to create the content that people enjoy and that we enjoy making, but as soon as it starts to become something where we feel... You know, uncomfortable with what we're putting out. um, I would say we would draw the line, you know, ahead of that point. Yeah.
0: Cool. Yeah. Thanks for letting me know. Um. And so, okay. So, um, we talked about how how are you going to monetize. We talked about oh, tell me about you know, and I guess it's sort of more like forward looking sort of visiony kind of things like on an individual level how does how how do you hope vr porn and vr adult entertainment is going to make people's lives better and and this is on the individual level we can we can do more you know macro level after but
1: well i i hope that you know adult vr content allows people to feel a sense of uh, exploration and connection to aspects of themselves that they haven't necessarily, you know, explored previously. I hope that it gives more access to, you know, feelings of, uh, of immersion and, and uh, authentic engagement and, and intimacy that, you know, people might be missing from their lives. There's, uh, there was one guy who um, I remember reading uh, a letter that he wrote, about how he lost his wife, I don't know, 15 years ago, and he just doesn't feel like dating is possible for him because he feels like it dishonors her memory. But using VR to, you know, to watch porn or or use adult experiences has given him that sense of, you know, being in an intimate, romantic, sexual place with somebody that doesn't come with all the strings that you know, remind him of his loss. So I think that's a really, really big thing. Um, yeah, I guess just giving people the opportunity to to watch content that is exciting to them and explore aspects of themselves is, like, that's, I think, a really cool thing.
0: Yes, I'm with you, um, Preach. And I guess the next one is sort of on the more macro level. Like, how does this, how does, and I guess this, this is more towards, in general, what is what does it do for a society or a culture or a group of a large group of people when they have free access to porn and they're able to like you know they, they, they have their um, the hue they have the, the ability to to come without having to worry over looking their shoulders. So I, I yeah, yeah, I guess that yeah. I, I, I guess what I'm saying is, is that there are places where like it's you feel guilty to watch porn. Or it's pro- prohibited, like, outright prohibited. Like, you can't watch porn in South Korea. Like, mm-hmm. it's banned. So mm-hmm. so I guess I'm trying to get more philosophical here. <laughs> what does it do for a society when you have free access to porn? It, I guess it's just, I don't know. I'm curious.
1: Um, so I think access to porn, like, just, you know, safe and, and legal access to porn. Yes. Um, I've read a lot of studies. I don't have them on hand, and I don't want to... You know, completely misrepresent them, but essentially, um, incidences of, of sexual violence decrease in communities that previously did not have access to porn and are then granted access to porn. So we see decreases in that. Um, we see uh, with uh, with the youth right now. I was just reading something earlier. Um, you would think that young people, because they have access to porn, are going to start, you know, having sex earlier and having crazy sex and, and all these things. But there's actually a trend that young people are, you know, waiting to have sex more so than previous generations. Um, and I think with media literacy, especially surrounding adult content, um, the concerns around that are definitely going to decrease significantly. Um, but yeah, allowing people to access content like that allows them to learn things about themselves. For example, you know, somebody who's questioning their sexuality and think, maybe I'm gay, I don't know. They can explore that safely through pornography instead of putting themselves out there into a social situation that, you know, can be very uh, anxiety-inducing. But yeah, I mean, I think it, in general, is, is a pretty positive thing as long as, you know, certain steps are taken to, you know, to ensure that, the content is created um, in a safe work environment and that certain policies are followed and, you know, certain logis- uh like not legislations, but regulations are, are followed in terms of, you know, uh, age verification of performers and uh, ensuring safety on set and, you know, STI testing, stuff like that.
0: I like that. Yeah, I, I that was... Oh, that was a great response. Thank you, Ella. I, yeah, I appreciate that. Um, because I've been waiting to ask you for the last couple minutes, few minutes, about teledildonics. Mm-hmm. I, I'm 45 devices. Uh, last, I che- last time I checked is, is, is the compatibility with Viru. I think. Yeah, um, Vero
1: supports, uh, I think, over 45 right now, but... Um- man, I, uh, I got a glimpse of some stuff that's coming up and I expect that number to increase.
0: This is very exciting. What is, I tell me more about these teledidonic devices. What does it look like? What are like, what are the ranges? Just take me down this yellow brick road of, of (laughs) vibration and stimulation.
1: (laughs) There are so many different, there are so many different things. There are, uh, stroker devices that like, if you're a person who has a penis, you can put it onto your genitals and it like strokes either in time with the video that you're watching or the experience that you're watching or allows reciprocity, you know, across space. So if I'm somebody who has a vulva and a vagina and my partner is somebody who has a penis, I could have a device that I use, which reciprocates that sensation and movement on their device or, you know, what have you. Um, you can, have a device that you know reacts to certain triggers so a lot of cam girls use devices that will vibrate in response to to tips or to the sound of a certain like tip sound Um, there are butt plugs there are vibrators that go onto a vulva there are things that go inside of a vagina there are things that go on a penis there are if if it can be applied to genitalia there is something that exists to cater to it (laughs)
0: <laughs>
1: a variety of devices
0: i i'm i I, just, I i think you you have it i'm sure you have this in your targets in your in your sites but at some point in the future i'm going to want a whole suit a whole a whole suit cuz um i've been uh, so i have this issue slight issue in my hip and the other day I put on this uh, this 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 thing called the, I got an Amazon called the Tens Unit and it's basically mm-hmm. this uh, device that sort of just runs an electrical current, the very light electrical current and oh my god it feels amazing oh my god and I just I was just imagining myself thinking like what if it was a whole suit and I just had these like tinkly electrical currents running down and up in my body as I'm in VR being you know consensually touched by thousands of people.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, I imagine that somebody will eventually make that suit, though. I I wonder how large the adoption rate would be, which is probably one of the prohibiting factors right now. But if something like that is created and there are, you know, enough users who are are buying it and want support in that, I certainly expect the team to to start working with that. I mean, I think that is sort of the big future that, I mean, even setting the sex aspect aside, that's sort of the big future that we see in a lot of you know futuristic VR um, fiction. Um, I a couple of years ago at Siggraph, there was a guy who's a grad student and he was demonstrating uh, using a TENS unit with uh, a VR experience where the, the unit would like send current to sort of restrict your movement in certain ways. So when you reach out and you hit a wall, your muscles are restricted the way it would be if you were like touching a wall and, and so forth. Um, and, and yeah, it's really cool. I love tens I love like both because I'm a, an old decrepit woman, but also like I like electro stuff for, for sexy things.
0: Oh, my God. You just opened up a Pandora's box I didn't even think about. <laughs> oh, man! You've heard of hers on the podcast. Chris Miranda becomes a freak with electricity. Oh, man. Thank you, Ella. I appreciate it. Um, okay. Do you have any tips? You have any recommendations for tense units and sexy stuff?
1: Um, there are so many different devices out there. Um, I've shot one of my early scenes, I guess. I don't remember. I shot a few times. Um, a site on kink.com called Electro Sluts. Where they use a bunch of different, uh, a bunch of different things. Um, I've had things in my vagina that were electrified. I had an electrified butt plug. Um, Tens units, also the little zappy ones. it's like it looks like one of those lighters you use to light a grill, but instead of flame, it just sparks. so it's like a little it's almost like a little rubber band pinch. Um, yeah. Tens units for sure. Um oh violet wand is cool. It's like uh you know those um oh what are they called? Um those like globe things with like the purple electricity in them that you would see at like Spencer's Gifts. It's like yep. that, but it's on a wand and it's for sex. Um I do not recommend cattle prods. Those okay. are <laughs> um was the favorite part of, of those experiences. But you know, if it's right for you, it's right for you. So don't let me yuck your gum
0: um yuck you're yum that is another one I'm writing down thank you for that (laughs) I like that yuck you're yum I like that um wow wow so much knowledge I I feel like I am equipped to take on life now um and so (laughs) with this knowledge um and so I'm curious about again the experience inside of Vero and, and the club like you know how do you plan on growing this community of people is there is there already a list of, you know, registered people that are and if there is a list, where do I sign up? Now, how can people find out about the beta? How can people get involved with the community and start, you know, sort of sort of, you know, uh, charting this unknown with you guys?
1: Well, um, you can find us on Steam. You can also find our app at Vero.club, V-I-R-O v i r o.club. Um, we have a Patreon with a pretty strong community. Um, I don't know if you have to be a Patreon supporter to get access to our Discord, but we do have a Discord where um, we're pretty engaged with that community, and we take you know the uh, reviews and responses and suggestions and requests from them pretty seriously, and, and generally act on on those messages pretty quickly. Um, we have an IndieGoGo up for about I don't know when this is going to go up. When is this going to go up?
0: Uh, Monday. So it's going to be oh. by Monday. Yeah. Yeah, so, so... Four days from now.
1: It'll you. be up for another couple of weeks. Um, you can find it on the Vero Club website. Um, but yeah, there there are plenty of ways you can access it. Um, you can download the app. And then uh, we use a token system. So I believe you'll have a couple of tokens free to sort of try some experiences. And then if you like them, then you can buy more tokens and buy access to stuff. And, uh, and yeah, it's still early days. Um, we're working on... So many new experiences and so many new features that uh, the only limitation is, you know, the, the damn devs, they need to sleep, apparently. <laughs> Not very much, but on occasion.
0: Um, I'm curious about uh, personalized, customized avatars. Is that something that you're, the team is thinking about or working on?
1: That is a goal down the line for sure. Um, both personalizing your avatar and gaining access to like a, a space that is your own that you can also customize and decorate um, and stuff like that. That's uh, I don't have a timeline for that, but it is definitely something that we are excited about.
0: Yeah, that's yeah. I'm excited. I'm excited about it. Um, what about? the most common community feedback or request that you've been getting thus far? What are some of those, these patterns that you're noticing or those common things?
1: Um, I think, you know, the thing that I've seen most common lately is I can't believe more people don't know about this because it's awesome and how do we, like, what do we do about that? And I'm just like, I don't know, tell your friends. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, the community has been incredibly positive. Um, they're they're a really great bunch of people.
0: It's I'm I'm curious to know like uh, again, is is it gonna take word of mouth spread to get Viru to become a really big player, or because I'm sure it's not easy to advertise. You know, just you can't just put out Facebook ads or you know Twitter ads for an adult. I'm sure there's regulate adult app. I'm I'm sure there's regulations for that, or, or you know, and I'm sure there's things you got to navigate. I'm curious, can you help me help me understand a bit more about that?
1: Yeah, so it is pretty tough. Um, when it comes to the adult industry, pretty much every traditional tool you can think of in terms of business, you have to find a specialty option. Uh, that's true for for advertising, for affiliate marketing, for banking, for hosting, for for everything, um, because most companies have hard limits against adult content so it it is it has been a challenge um more so than i've seen for a lot of things in the past um word of mouth is excellent um also you know just a lot of people come to me to talk and and get my perspective on you know the adult vr space so doing what i can to raise awareness through that we are on twitter we're at zero club v-i-r-o club um and and yeah i guess it's been a little bit tough. Um, there are adult, you know, adult-oriented ad- advertising uh, platforms, but I've worked with them before, and at this point, I, they're kind of a crapshoot. So, mm. yeah, it is really tough. It's tough marketing this kind of stuff, um, but I'm doing the best I can and using, you know, the network I have available to try to bring more eyes to it. I think once people download it and, and try it, they're very quickly sold on it. It's just you know that process that so can be a little bit of a challenge. So and thank you for having me to raise awareness.
0: Yes, absolutely. No, this is this. I I feel like more people should be aware of the options available to you with this amazing VR headset that you have lying around in your living room slash room. Like it's not just like live action 360 video porn is awesome. Uh, don't get me wrong, I love it, but when some when people are doing something new something that hasn't been tried before like i i have to i have to get you on the show i have to learn i have to know what what it is that you're bringing to this table because i think what you're doing is is frankly where the future is headed i've have had interactions in certain social vr spaces that i won't name where and we were uh in private rooms doing naughty things with these like avatars and Um, consensually and it was amazing and it was unlike anything I've ever experienced before because it was it wasn't that it wasn't a 360 video being played out a storyline that I was just a, 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 a fly in the wall on no this was me a part of the story interacting with another human being on the other side who would react would caress would touch would run their hands down my body and it was really really weird because your brain has this thing called proprioception and it gets triggered when you see, you know, this sort of like the phantom limb effect, and it's so, and so taking advantage of that with what you're doing with Viro is going to be huge. Especially because you're not stopping there; you're actually adding teleodynamics. And holy moly, I worry that you're going to create an overpopulation device, like a, a population control device here. or It's going to be so good. <laughs> that China's going to reach out and be like, hey, Viru Club, can we, you got, can we use your software for a population control? Please tell me you won't sell out to the Chinese government.
1: I don't think the Chinese government would speak twice to me. They're not <laughs> okay. super keen on pornography. Okay.
0: All right, good. Thank you, Ella. Um, oh, man, this is so exciting. I'm I'm so excited for the future of this. Um, where do you see it? And frankly, what, is, what does it need the most in terms of like, does it need more resources, more capital? Does the VR film industry, I mean, VR porn industry, does it need more capital? Does it need more performers? Does it need more developers? What do you think it needs more of to sort of really accelerate?
1: The general VR porn industry overall? Yes. I think if I had to pick one thing, I would say a recalibration of um, what is most valuable and unique to the medium. Um Because there's a lot of really, you know, extreme content out there that is definitely a great choice for a lot of people. But I think that um, that's sort of like the easy place to jump to. Like, oh, we've got 360. We can have people fucking all around you. But, you know, there's replay value there. But I think the real value is in creating experiences that feel like you're really there and the person in front of you feels like they really want you there and you feel like to some degree you're having an honest genuine connection with this person even though it was already recorded in the past that the way it's structured the way the performer is directed the way you know it's uh the set is designed it creates something where you feel this visceral personal like emotional connection in addition to sexual stimulation because i think that vr has such a huge opportunity for that that it is it's easy to overlook if your focus in all of the adult production you've done has always been, you know, how many dicks can we fit in here at once or how many holes can we fuck in the scene or, or what have you. I think VR is uniquely uh, positioned to create, you know, more soft, uh, engaging girlfriend-style t- experiences or boyfriend mm. or, or whatever. Girlfriend experience is a, uh, a common, like, phrase in porn. So I don't mean to be gender exclusive.
0: Well, I, I like just in general the idea of humanizing the people that are entertaining you. Um, because it's, yeah, it's uh you because the pro the instinct uh is so primal and you get it done so at least with men, you get it done so quickly. And you're like, what was I doing with my life again? And so, and so, but and but with this experience of having another human being on the other side when you open the social aspect, I I think it's gonna be. A big deal. Uh, I, I really think so. And so sort of leading questions, the last question leading sort of just bringing things to the close. What are your thoughts about bringing in like live actors, like eventually paid actors? like uh, what I have this I, I have this thought in my mind of like me being a total new, going into the extreme room, and feeling super awkward because I would know how to, like, talk to the other person who's also new. And so my my thought would be, what if there was a uh, someone who's a professional um, and they would be sort of a facilitator of experience? So, like, uh, it's like a brothel, a virtual reality brothel in a way. Um, think, um, what are your thoughts on that?
1: Well, I think we, we would want to steer away from, like, the brothel aspect as much as I support all forms of sex work, um, without hesitation or exception, um, as long as it's consensual, I guess. But, um, I, I think it's not so much a brothel that we want to create because the, the style of, you know, connection and community and, uh, you know, in social engagement that we want to foster, um, I think Having something that's strictly transactional in that particular way might take away from the overall experience. But I do think that there is opportunity to include people who are, you know, sort of guides or uh, community leaders um, in that space that crosses from, you know, just being a, a helpful person to to guide you around to, you know, helping with engagement or, or you know, doing performances, almost like, a an avatar, almost like a cam show, but with an avatar, um, there, I think there's a lot of opportunity for that. And I, I'd be interested in exploring it. I don't know if it, I don't know where it would be on the roadmap. Um, but I think there's definitely some, you know, some space there that you could have people who, uh, you know, spend some time each week, you know, gathering, uh, an audience and and creating something, whether it's a burlesque style performance or a strip show or what have you, that allows them to express themselves and also engage with the community and you know maybe monetize the experience. But I don't know for sure and I can't say for sure.
0: No, it it, it could definitely it feels like it could turn this you could turn this minor hindrance into something really potentially valuable. Like exactly that, like even turning it into like a workshop, like dating workshops where and people come in, they do these little workshops, they get tips and advice on how to like be you know, social and you say the right things and not fuck it up. And at the end they have the chance to have virtual reality sex with someone if they feel like they gained, if they gained something from the workshop that they actually put in the work. I don't, I don't know. I, I, maybe, maybe who knows? I, I, so all this is so uncharted. I'm just throwing things out there, and I'm just excited for you guys. It's great.
1: Thank you so much. Yeah, I, I think there's a lot, a lot of stuff that could be explored, and I'm eager to see, you know, how much we can tackle. Because I, I don't know. I'm, I'm excited about it. I think it's a really cool, really cool app.
0: Absolutely. All right. So bringing things down to a close, I have one last question for you. And this question is a little random. Um, I, I didn't get to ask it last time you were on the show, but I, I think it started two years ago. I started asking this question to my guest and following up with that tradition. I, I will do it. I'm going to do it today with you. And so the question starts with this. It starts with the story of why I even started the podcast about almost seven years ago. And the reason was, Back in the day when I started the show, I asked myself, Chris, holy shit, what you're witnessing is monumental. And what are people, and and just like just and people are gonna wonder 20 years from now, I said to myself, what were they thinking? Those people at the in the very middle, the very center of this whole thing. And so I found the podcast as a vehicle to answer my own question. So this is what I'm gonna do. Um, in the year 2039. I will send you an email, or the equivalent of the uh, neurallace um, that will have a message that Ella Darling sent to, uh, in 2019, sent to Ella Darling to uh, in 2039. So what I'm saying here is, please, Ella, send yourself a message to the Ella of 20 years from now, so that we can answer that question once and for all.
1: <laughs> wow, bitch, are you still alive? Keep going. <laughs> I guess. I mean, I'm impressed. Um, man, I don't know. What I mean, what would I even? What would 20 years ago me say to me now? God. I guess, Ella. In 20 years, um, I hope that if you're not still in the adult industry or the VR industry, you're at least doing something that shakes things up and makes people question their uh their expectations and yeah i don't know i don't even know what i would say to myself in five years much less 20
0: well i love that answer and ella thank you so much again for coming on the show how can people stay in touch and follow up with all the amazing things you've been doing these days
1: um so you can follow viro club on twitter at v-i-r-o-c-l-u-b I am at ela Darling on Twitter and Instagram. Um, check out zero.club or you know you can find us on Steam also if you aren't an adult. Um, yeah, we have Patreon. We have the IndieGoGo. you can find us. We're all we're spread all over the place.
0: Amazing. I'll be sure to add all the links in the show notes. Um, Ella Darling, thank you once again for your time. I will see you in the Metaverse.
1: Thank you so much Chris you're delight